Welcome to episode 159 of the Twim Show. This is your host Sajid Islam and today I'll be going over the digital marketing updates from the week of May 1 through 5, 2023. And just to be forewarned, today's episode is going to be 100% focused on Google SEO updates just because that's what happened uh, this week. Most of it, hap- most of the stuff that happened are from the SEO front on the Google front. So if SEO is something that doesn't interest you, then feel free to skip over this um, uh, episode. With that, let's dive in. Number one, Google has updated their guidance for cross-domain canonicals. Um, That's a mouthful for me, but what that basically means is that you know canonical is basically you put this uh, canonical tag on a page and the way it works is that when you put that tag and along with the link you are signaling the search engine in this case google saying hey google the page that you are about to crawl or about to index is actually a duplicate version of another page uh, on my site or on this site Right. Uh, so usually people use canonical tag for to say, hey, you know, if Google, if you're on this page, by the way, this is not the original content. Uh, there is uh, another copy. This is a duplicate page of this other content, which is on this link. Now, cross domain basically means if you have, say, you know, that page on marketandgrow.com and then have the same page on, let's just say, xyz.com. So if you're on two different domains, but the same content appears, then obviously you use the canonical tag and Google is now saying, you know, hey, if it's cross domains, do not use canonical tag, uh, just to use the no index uh, tag. Why they're saying that and what it means, let allow me to break it down for you, is that, you know, usually what you do is saying, you know, hey, Google my site a.com and the site b.com. Uh, I'm saying, you know, my the page on my a.com is actually a duplicate of the page on b.com. And you would reference back and forth and Google is coming and saying, hey, look, sometimes what happens is, you know, a.com is probably making a copy of that page from b.com, but, you know, it's not an exact replica. Uh, but if it's an exact replica, then a.com should use the no index tag to signal Google, hey, don't index this page uh, versus using canonical uh, link only to say that, you know, this uh, is not a duplicate copy because maybe the formatting has changed, maybe words have shifted around and things like that. Now, having said that, what should you do? Well, the short answer is it depends because, you know, I really do not know your unique situation, especially if you're a news aggregator where you are, say, for example, Reuters, and then uh, there are things like Yahoo News or Bing News who copies your content. Uh, where you don't really have a lot of uh, uh, authority over forcing them to use no index. Maybe it should be part of your, um, what will I say, part of your agreement. But nevertheless, it all depends on situation by situation, case by case basis. And I think the reason why Google is doing is because they don't want the duplicate content to get indexed and floating around on the internet, which I understand from their perspective. But at the same time, you as the website publisher have a lot of now tracking to do and it might get a lot of hard for you to do all those things. 
Now, having said that, again, it depends. Uh, yes, do use no index if you have two primary sites that you control. Definitely, you want to do that. Uh, if not, if it's a little bit, if the contents are a little bit different, then what I want you to do is make sure that uh, you are using the canonical tag. If you have any questions, you know who to reach out to. Uh, that would be us. Uh, reach out to us and let me know, and maybe I will try my best to answer your question. With that, next, move on to the next update. This is on structured data. Uh, basically, Google changed their documentation around and video description is to be a requirement. It should be a mandatory requirement for structured data. But now Google has changed it and moved it into recommended. Having said that, just because it's recommended does not mean you should stop using it. Uh, definitely the disc video description is basically it helps Google's algorithm to understand what the video is about. all about. I mean, you know, there have been a lot of... Uh, improvements in AI and you can see it with chat GPT, auto GPT and all this generative AI that you know it understands fairly easily so probably Google is saying a lot of people don't put it uh, a lot of you know we have the capacity our algorithms have the capacity to go you know consume the video and figure out what the video is all about and thereby you know it's removing the requirement but having said that you know you always have more control if you go ahead and put the description to explain what it is about and then let google like you know if they want to process and they want to compare the two and add it that's fine but by all means if you have video on your site and you're you need to embed structured data number one number two is that you want to do it even though it's optional Right. You want your video to surface. If you have done the hard work of creating a video, you want your video to be surfaced as high as possible on the selected keywords that you want it to rank for. So why not put the uh, descriptions? Okay. Next up, uh, Google has uh, clarified, uh, well, actually, it's Google search uh, liaison Danny Sullivan has clear, clarified on EEAT. It seems like a lot of people think EEAT is a ranking fact. It's it's like a, it's a ranking algorithm, and Danny came out and this says, look, folks, EEAT, which used to be EAT, and then the Google added E, uh, I think last year. We covered this on our show. I just cannot remember when it is. I'm bad, I'm bad with dates and specifics, uh, but nevertheless, uh, EAT stands for experience, expertise, authoritiveness, trustworthiness. Previously, it used to be EAT, which is exp expertise, authoritiveness, and trustworthiness. Now, Google added experience, which is basically they want the user to have good experience on your site. That would basically mean that you know you don't have lot. It loads fast. Uh, you don't have a lot of you know pop-ups and other stuff. So Danny is again pointing the link to the page, which is really, I'm putting it in the show notes. It's again, it's Google's uh, documentation on EAT and it's basically saying, it's a, EAT is a basically, uh, it's basically a concept that's made out of a lot of different signals and factors. So it's not like in you know, a page load speed. And, you know, is it helpful content? Helpful content is, by the way, an algorithm. Uh, so is it helpful content? Is it, uh, let's see, I'm looking at my notes and see, is the author, I mean, you know, uh, let me see, is it, is it a content that's produced with people first in mind rather than is it a content that's produced with SEO engine in mind? So those kind of things. And again, helpful content uh, does actually cover a lot of those stuff, but basically saying, look, folks, use that. Use that. Don't try to say, oh, EAT is a you know, algorithm, EAT, we can game it. Don't do that. And just you know, focus on delivering value and adding content and publishing content that actually makes sense for your users. Okay, with that, let's get to the next one. 
there are Google's, uh, this was asked during Google's May 23, Google's SEO's office hour uh, Q&A session where you know, someone, a user was asking, hey, uh, I have 16,000 pages on my site. Seems like it's really taking a long time for Google to index it. It's probably five to 10 pages at a time. What can I do to speed up the indexing? Right, it's a great question, 16,000 pages. Uh, but remember in one of our episodes, we did also say a site has a scroll budget and over time that crawl budget will go up. But it's not gonna be like as soon as you release 16,000 pages, Google is gonna uh, index all 16,000 pages. Now, to that question or what Gary Illes has said, you know, that maybe, first of all, in number one, you have to ensure that, you know, you have the highest quality content. And it sounds like a broken record because I just talked about EAT and we talked about high, high quality people first content. So again, Gary Illes is also suggesting the same thing. Uh, to, it's a high quality possible to increase indexing speed. That's number one. Obviously, you know, if, if you had to ask me, there are a lot of other uh, tricks, uh, you know, Google approved tricks up on my sleeve, load time, you know, make making sure you have structured data, things like that, uh, using meta tags, things like that. Okay, anyway, having said that, uh, what Gary is also alluding to is like, maybe after you've done that, you maybe you wanna promote your content on the social media, right? And get some uh, buzz around it and have a lot of people come to your site and that will speed up your content indexing. Now, how does this two uh, how does this two kind of work? Well, allow me to explain. Which is, I think, what what's happening is that uh, really and reading between the lines, what they're saying is like you know when there are a lot of sites, are external websites that you don't control, is backlinking to your site, and Google sees those traffic coming in, visiting your site, and it kind of picks up. It kind of sends a signal to their algorithm saying, you know, hey, something's going on with this site. We do not know what it is. Maybe, you know, we need to get more of these sites, right, onto our ranking system. So that's what I feel like. But I wouldn't ask you to game this thing because that would really cause you to get banned. But all I will say is like, maybe it's not a bad idea to create, if you create a content and it's really good content and you want the world to see and you want it to get indexed. I mean, obviously 16,000 pages is a lot of pages. Uh, I'm not sure how this user generated 16,000 pages uh, from scratch. But what I would say is maybe you know run an ad campaign, whether it's on Facebook, LinkedIn, and have a lot of people come in, get a lot of backlinks and a lot of people to talk about it create some buzz and uh, speed it up but in my it's always good to have like you know 10 to 15 or 5 to 10 pages published every day uh, slowly uh, release it and I believe we covered this uh, now that I think about it we covered this about couple of weeks back or maybe more uh, rather than, you know, where, you know, you don't want to publish. There is, I mean, there is no point on having, I still cannot understand the use case behind having 16,000 pages getting published at the same time, unless it was a site move. We'll see. Anyway, next up, man, I think I'm going to sound like a broken record, but again, it came up this week, which is, uh, should we focus on content quality or posting frequency, right? What's important more to Google? So now this time, search advocate, uh, Google search advocate John Mueller says, look, and this was a candid discussion in uh, Reddit, uh, big SEO uh, subreddit, which is saying, you know what? Forget about keeping up with the frequency where you have to publish two blogs or five blogs every week. I rather want you to, and Google, John Mueller is saying, I rather prefer that you produce a high quality content over mediocre, fluffy content, which is like, you know, crap. 
And this has been very consistent uh, advice coming out of Google, as you see, Gary Ellis, uh, John Mueller, and Danny Sullivan, everyone talks about it is having high quality content. This is something I've always also preached, where focus on high quality content at the end of the day, whether you play the SEO game or not, um, whether you play the open, open, open AI game or maybe chat GPT game, you know what? All these things are learning from your content and the only way they learn from your content is if you have a content that is easily digestible, period. You don't wanna play the SEO game, that's fine. You wanna play the chat GPT game, guess what? You need to have the content game on. If you don't have the content game on, guess what? You're gonna lose out on that game as well. So it's up to you. Now, if you're happy with posting social media content, Facebook every day, up to you. But remember that has Facebook content has very short life. And the next thing is uh, you can run ads, but you know that's not a profitable way. The most profitable way is to build your content game. Okay, let's next up. Uh, this was something very funny uh, where John Mueller is saying, look, you should avoid outdated link building strategies such as AC Nuke and PBNs. You know, frankly speaking, this is the best part of my uh, job, which uh, for this uh, uh, show is that I get to look up things that I didn't even know existed still. SC Nuke is about 10 year old, uh, which is basically uh, the concept here is that you basically blast loads of rubbish content all over the internet to get backlinks. Right, uh, and we kind of saw that, and I have talked, I, sh- I talked about it in the past, which is like you know a lot of people would do go ahead and put like you know uh, comments on wherever they can and put a link to your website, right? And they're thinking you know it's gonna blah 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 come back to your link. That game doesn't work anymore. John Mueller is totally against it. And the PBN basically stands for Private Blog Network. It's basically a group of websites that only exist to provide backlinks to other websites. Right, and this is uh, the purpose of PBN, obviously, or SC Nuke is to manipulate Google to improve uh, sites' Google search rankings. PBNs clearly violate Google's webmaster quality guidelines and result in harsh penalties, aka ban. Okay, and I'm pretty sure the same thing happens with AC Nuke. But nevertheless, what's happening is a lot of black hat people, a lot of people are doing it, a lot of people are agencies are selling services with and you know, backlink services, things like that, which is really absolutely horrendous but I just do not know why they would do that uh, because you know they would do all this stuff and then they will move on uh, to another project and here you the website owner is sitting on this la- uh, you know ticking time bomb not knowing that you're sitting on a ticking time bomb and one day you're going to get penalized and you're going to look for a reputable agency and your your business is going to tank I've seen that please 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 do not do that uh, avoid this link building companies yeah link building does work in the sense like you know you get a lot of traction but i think this is something that can be done organically uh, grow slowly but grow the right way because that will ensure that you are successful for the long run okay uh, next up is again google google is saying hey disavowing links based on third party metrics is a terrible idea someone has asked hey uh, if one should disavow link based on those pages being under a certain score from a third party tool john said no now, what are third-party rules? Again, I'm going to take names here, but again, by no means that they do that because I do not have not checked, but SEMrush or Screaming Frog might say, hey, you know, you're getting this link from this website and the score is low. The DA score is low. 
whatever it is and you probably said 20 and someone told you anything below 50 is bad you should go into the disavow tool and go ahead and disavow that link uh, john miller is saying look that's a terrible idea you should only use again this is something also covered in the past uh, which is hey disavow link should only be used when you have manual action right other than that uh, you should not do it uh and also John is saying, look, none of this metric is what Google really cares about uh, as any SEO tool will tell that to make you feel good, give you something. And also there are a lot of SEO practitioners out there who will do that to show how important they are, what a great achievement they've done. They've click killed like, you know, 50 uh, links that had a DA score of 20. Again, I'm just picking things out as, I mean, these are examples. Uh, and they're going to make you feel good, right? They will do an SEO audit, say, oh, you have 50 links coming to your site with DA score of this. We're going to clean this up we're going to clean that up we're going to do all these things we're going to create all these backlinks of a ds code of 100 um, blah 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 you i think you get the point okay let's go to the next point and uh, somehow it's all lining up and then the next update was uh, update of the of this week is that in the seo uh office hour someone say asked hey if i do have backlinks from a website and that website got penalized do you think it's going to affect me so what happened is again say you had this shady dodgy seo practitioner who came in and created a lot of you know content through SEnuke or pbn network and you know uh, a pbn network i would think you know you need to go and clean up and that's the hardest part because if you are if your person seo practitioner did that for you you probably don't have any record of what's happening uh, that's where you'd probably have to use the third party tool to kind of find all the content that relates back on across the web that kind of points back to you and that is a hard job right and that's a more again that's going to cost that's a very expensive job so coming back, what I'm saying is if that happens, say a porn site is linking to your content and that is that, and you know that site got, uh, I used porn as an example and I probably not the best example, but anyway, uh, and that site got, you know, somehow got penalized. Does that mean you all will also get penalized? Because, you know, sometimes we say we, we judge a person by the company he or she keeps. So probably is that why? Um not so much. Do we new gain from the search quality team say that I assume by penalize you mean that the domain was demoted by our spam algorithms or manual actions? In general, yes, we don't trust links from sites we know is spam. So what they're saying is what that do we new new is saying is look, we kind of know that any link if that's a spam site, we know anything that's over there is not should not be counted. But again, we also know that you know we are judged by the associations we keep. So the first thing is if you are hiring any link building uh, companies, number one, you need to know where they're putting the link. Absolutely, you need to have records. And number two, you should be checking out those sites so that you can question that, hey, why are you putting these links? And so if you have a link, you can always go and delete all those things. But sometimes prevention is better than cure. And in this case, that applies, which is you want to stop building artificial links. Okay, I the, this is the last update for this week where John Mueller has says, you know, sometimes website owners will put coming back soon or under development, under maintenance screens while the site is migrating or they're rebuilding a new, a new site. And John is saying if it's more than a few hours, then uh, let me see, then you shouldn't put it up there. 
right? Uh, if it's for a few hours, for maybe a day or less, maybe you can put a 503. 503 basically means that the server is down temporarily. It's going to back, come back very soon, maybe under heavy load or something like this. Put that status code up for 503. But if it's more than that, uh, then obviously you shouldn't put a 503 status code. Uh, what you should do is uh, you should use uh, other options. Okay, now what are those other options? Number one, I think I would say is like, look, if you're rebuilding a site or you're doing site migration, you should do everything behind the scenes and then just do a DNS cutover. Uh, by DNS cutover, what I mean is like, you, know, you, can, you should have two parallel websites running and the day you know the new website is completely ready, you should just be able to go to your name records uh, or DNS entries and say, you know, now my website points to this new website, the new IP versus the old IP. That is the best way. If you were to ask me to do it, I would do that and that way you make sure sure that as you cut over from one system to another system you know it's seamless and of course you know uh, you know you don't get affected by uh, indexing and ranking and things like that but uh, if you put up a generic website saying you know what my site's down or maybe I got hacked and you know what I need to put it back up and things like that and by the way talking about hack you, this is why you should always have a uh, especially if you're on WordPress, you should have a company who is looking after your WordPress install as well as, you know, you have backup copies and not just backup copies, backup copies that are good. You have done disaster migration uh, exercise and things like that. Okay. Having said that, uh, you know, please do not use 503 for more for something that is more than a few hours, max one day, 24 hours, anything beyond that. I think, you know, you will get significantly uh, penalized uh, for using things that you should not be using. Uh, John Miller is coming and saying that this is something in line with what he has said back in 2009. So, and this is 2023. So, wow, man. So it seems like he's uh, on track. He is not changing his things. His advice remains as true today as it was back in 2009. Having said that, folks, that's it for this week in marketing. Thank you for listening. Once again, this is your host, Chaji Islam, signing off. Until next week, take care. Bye-bye.